0: Pre-OR Preparations by Dr. Sally Vitale. Please note that in this video we will be following the guidelines used at Boston Children's Hospital. Some of this information may need to be modified based on the guidelines and practices in place in your institution.
1: This video is part two of a series on the organ donation after circulatory determination of death or DCDD process at Boston Children's Hospital. My name is Sally Vitali, and I'm a pediatric intensivist here at Boston Children's. In this video, I will cover important issues during the period after consent and before travel to the operating room before DCDD. Before discussing the objectives for patient care during the pre-OR period, I want to clarify the chain of command for patient management. Confusion may arise because in donation after neurologic determination of death or brain death, the patient is legally dead, and our organ procurement organization, the New England Organ Bank, or NEOB, takes over directing all management of the brain dead patient after a consent for organ donation has been signed. The ICU team provides consultation and assistance to the NEOB prior to the organ recovery surgery. In contrast, in DCDD, the ICU team continues to manage the patient up until the declaration of death in the operating room, with the NEOB providing close consultation throughout this time period. In this video, I will elaborate on several goals that are being pursued during the period of time before travel to the operating room for DCDD, including pain management, attention to and excellent communication about illness trajectory and escalations of care, preparing the family for the OR experience, commencing end-of-life care, gathering supplies, equipment, and medications to take to the OR, and meeting and coordinating efforts with the OR staff. The patient awaiting DCDD is by definition not brain dead and therefore does have the capacity to experience discomfort. The level of comfort should be assessed regularly and pain and sedation medications titrated as needed. Importantly, these medications should not be withheld because of any concern that they might precipitate death prior to going to the operating room and jeopardize the DCDD. The patient's comfort should be the top priority. During this period, the NEOB will be working to find recipients for the organs and arranging for the organ recovery with the goal of traveling to the OR as soon as possible. Some patients will have clinical stability during this time, but some will be decompensating at the end of life. It's important that team members at the bedside have excellent communication amongst themselves, with the family, and with the NEOB team regarding the patient's illness trajectory. Sustained escalations of care such as higher ventilator settings and higher FIO2, increased pressor or volume requirement, or the need for transfusion should be evaluated together by the care team and the family. The team should consider the risk that any escalation of care will cause pain and suffering and how that can be effectively managed. As best as possible, the team should understand from the NEOB the time frame for traveling to the OR so that they may determine whether escalating care will contribute to the likelihood of the patient surviving to a successful DCDD. The family should weigh in on their perceptions of the patient's suffering and illness trajectory, and they should be told that choosing not to escalate care is a reasonable option. If the bedside team and the family decide that escalation is appropriate, they should revisit the illness trajectory and appropriateness of continued escalations on an hourly basis until the DCDD happens. Importantly, our DCDD protocol does not permit chest compressions, defibrillation, or ECMO cannulation in order to get the patient to a successful DCDD in the operating room. An important goal during this time period is preparing the patient's family for the withdrawal of the ventilator in the operating room. Though the consenting discussion has happened, the family needs time to understand DCDD and is likely to have many more questions as they consider the process more thoroughly. The providers at the bedside will need to educate the family about the DCDD process. Providers should review the third video in this series on the DCDD-OR process in order to have a better understanding of the experience to more confidently educate families about what to expect. The New England Organ Bank staff has the most experience with DCDD and will be a helpful resource to educate families. They should be included in these discussions. The family should be informed about the expected order of events but also that delays and accelerations in the timing are very common in the period leading up to DCDD. They should understand that after the ventilator and any cardiac medications are stopped, we will treat any discomfort with pain medication and monitor for pulselessness. When the patient has no pulse, the ICU attending and fellow will take the patient's body into a separate operating room where the organ recovery surgery will take place. The family may wait with members of the ICU team in the first OR until the patient has been transferred and death has been declared after five minutes without spontaneous return of pulses. A member of the ICU team will let them know that this has happened. If they want more time with the patient's body after donation, that can be arranged to occur back in their room in the ICU. The family should anticipate what might happen if the patient still has a pulse after one hour in the operating room and understand that they and the patient will come back up to their ICU room to receive a continuation of -of end-of-life care. By talking about this possibility ahead of time, the team can work to diminish the sense of failure if it occurs. The family should be reminded that they may opt out of DCDD at any time during the process, and that no one on the ICU or any organ bank staff will be upset with them about this. Preparations for the end of life should follow the same procedure as you would if the patient was having withdrawal of life-sustaining treatments in the ICU, including helping the family decide about memory making, prayers or rituals by spiritual advisors, music, and bringing a second bed into the operating room for the family to lay next to the patient. Consider how you will continue this environment back up in the ICU if the patient does not progress to a pulseless arrest within the DCDD time frame. In preparation for travel to the OR, the nurse will gather the appropriate supplies, medications, and equipment for transport and withdrawal of life-sustaining treatments. The patient will need to be transported on a monitor that displays an arterial line waveform. The patient will stay on this monitor throughout the ventilator withdrawal, assessment of pulselessness, transfer to the second operating room, and declaration of death after five minutes without return of a pulse. If there is no arterial line, the ICU team will arrange for a cardiologist to be present in the OR with an echo machine to determine when the heart stops ejecting blood, and this point will indicate the pulseless arrest. Bring a working blood pressure cuff and a stethoscope to the OR to aid in the diagnosis of hypotension and declaration of death. Appropriate medications to treat discomfort should be discussed with the team and prepared for the operating room. If the patient is on vasoactive infusions or antiarrhythmics, These drips will need to be continued until they are stopped in the OR, and an adequate supply of each should be ensured. Plan for resuscitation medications and volume in case of instability during travel to the OR. And ensure that the appropriate dose of heparin is ready to be given according to the DCDD protocol. The ICU team should arrange a meeting with the OR team and everyone who will be going to the OR. The objectives of this meeting are, number one, to review roles, and number two, to review the expected order of events in the operating room. This might occur hours before going to the OR or at the last minute, depending on the circumstances. For a checklist of issues to be addressed in the pre-OR meeting, please review the cardiovascular and critical care manual guideline and the patient care protocol on DCDD. If time and resources permit, it's helpful for the ICU nurse to go down to the OR to review the travel path to the OR And the OR setup with the OR nurses prior to bringing the patient and family down for DCDD. The family should be introduced to the OR team prior to going down to the OR. Just prior to departure, pause at the bedside to ensure that the family knows everyone at the bedside and what their roles will be in the operating room. Encourage them to ask questions prior to departure and throughout the process. This concludes part two of the video series on DCDD at Boston Children's Hospital. Any questions about this material can be directed to your unit clinical or nursing director or to the Organ Donation Oversight Committee representatives from your unit. Thank you for taking the time to help improve the quality of our organ donation process here at Boston Children's.
0: This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide.